Oh, how you feeling today, United Church? Are we feeling good? Come on. What a day. What a day. It's a great day to be in the house. I'm so excited for everything that God is doing in our church. And uh, man, just blown away with uh, this season of our church. It's, it's amazing to, to see everything that God is doing. And last week, um, I started a brand new teaching series. You may remember it if you were here. If you, uh, if you forgot it, man, I'm hopefully it was a little bit more impactful than that. Um, but we started a brand new teaching series called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. And just full transparency, it was the first time I've been a little worried to walk out into the lobby because it was, it, was, it was a lot, right? It was, I was all up in people's business last week. And uh, today my promise is, uh, is to, to do more of the same, is um, to get up, in your, get up in your business, to read your mail, whatever you want to call it. I, 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 it's my commitment to you. And um, last week, you may remember, I told you that I was going to give you a gift. And the gift that I gave and the gift that I'm going to continue to give today is a grid in which to make better decisions through. Because all of us, we could probably get behind uh, a grid in which to make better decisions so that therefore we have fewer regrets in our life. And the grid that we are, I'm introducing to you is a series of questions. And the questions last week, and this is why it got super real, was the, the question, am I being honest with myself. And, and I really dove into that. If you missed last week, please do me a favor and yourself a favor, literally for the future of, of your life. Just go back and watch that. It's like one of my favorite messages I've ever preached. And I think one of the most helpful for our church. Am I being honest with myself? But I didn't stop there. I asked this, am I being honest with myself? Really? Because that's where it gets like, it's like the, it, it kind of turns it up a notch. Like not just am I being honest with myself, but am I being honest with myself? Really? And so today, I, I, before I jump into the content of today's message and give you the question that I want to ask uh, in, in order to add to that grid of making better decisions. I want to tell you a story. And uh, this story is, is in Jamaica. And uh, I, was, I was there several years back and it was with one of our, our missions teams. And, and uh, your MC's already told you about the impact of American Caribbean experience and what we're able to do in Jamaica. I love the country of Jamaica. Like God is moving there and it's such an amazing thing to be a part of. And I can't wait for next year. Um, this summer we have a team going, but next summer we're going to have a huge team that's going in order to, to really impact the island of Jamaica. Because I want you guys not just to hear about it, but I want some of you to put eyes on it, to be able to like tangibly feel it and see the difference that is being made through the power of your generosity. But I was there several years back and, and uh, they, on our day off, which is the last day of us being there, uh, they decide that they're going to take you on an excursion. And so for the first several days, it's like you work, you, you work like crazy. They, they, you've, you've worked hard, but like you realize that you've made a big difference. And so you're feeling good about it. You're, you're like, man, this is encouraging. And, and sometimes you can, you can go on vacation and, and have a good time, but you didn't really do much. Like this is one of those trips that you go on, you do a lot, but you still feel good about it because you accomplished a lot. And so the last day they're like, hey, we're going to take you guys to this waterfall. And I'm like, okay, sign me up. I'm like, I've always been big on waterfalls, like some water, anybody else like waterfalls? I like Delaware, there's no waterfalls. It's all flat, right? Like we, we're like below sea level right now. I think this, this platform is the highest place in Delaware right now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, but in, in you've probably seen a waterfall or two in, in your life. And so we were like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to see this waterfall. And what I didn't realize is when you get to the waterfall, you got to do some swimming before you get to the waterfall. I'm not a huge swimmer, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the day. And so we roll up and, and, um, and we get there and, and it's like, not just 
the tourists. It's like the Jamaican nationals. And y'all, I love my Jamaicans, but my Jamaicans, they love the ganja. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so I'm like walking through and there's like, there's clouds just floating and all this like going on throughout this. And so like you're trying to duck it and trying to hide it. I asked a pastor one time, like, is it a sin? If you get a contact high, he said, that's not a sin. That's a blessing. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't say that. Somebody else said that too far. I know. But so I'm, I'm walking through and making sure that I don't test positive on my next drug test, right? I'm going, so we get there. Some of y'all are really offended right now. I'm sorry. But we swim around the bend and there it is, like the waterfall. And apparently this waterfall, it, there's been a music video that was shot by Rihanna there. But all I can think about was TLC. Come on, don't go chasing waterfalls. Like that's all I could think in this moment. And then I start seeing people jumping off of this waterfall. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like I'm watching person after person and Jamaican nationals, they're like not, they're not just doing like the pencil, they're like diving in. And I'm like, I've got a lot of questions because I know how this is gonna play out. I'm the leader of this trip. And so guess who has to jump off the waterfall? Your boy. And so, like, I, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to have these questions like, okay, um, how far out from the rocks do you have to jump in order to not die? How many people have died in this very space. How close am I to first world accommodations in hospitals, right? I'm like looking around, I'm like, I don't think they could land a helicopter here. I'm not sure how this goes. And so, so I'm watching all this, this flesh out and they're like, hey, Pastor Kip, you, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna jump off the cliff? You're gonna jump off the waterfall? And I'm like, yeah, of course I am. Of course I am. Scared to death, scared, like literally dying inside. This place is iconic. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking up this, this mountain because I've gotten peer pressured into doing this. And my knees, y'all, are literally knocking against each other. I'm freaking out. And I get to the edge and I have a decision to make. And it's a question that I want to ask you today. It's the question that I had to ask myself. And the question is this, is what story do I want to tell? What story do I want to tell? Because I could think back and think, you know what, on May, whatever it is right now, 2022, I can tell the story of the time when I backed away from the edge and I slid myself back down the rock face and didn't jump into this waterfall. Or I could act like I wasn't afraid at all and be like, let's go, and then jump out into the waterfall. And y'all, you know what I did is I walked right back. I'm just playing. I jumped off that cliff. I was like, let's go, and like ran. It was like one of those moments. It should have been a scene in a movie. Like I was like, man. But all because I started thinking about the question, what story do I want? to tell, it would have been a messed up story. Not near as fun if I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 got a couple, I got a couple rocks on my, or a couple cuts on my legs because I was sliding back down the mountain because I was too afraid to jump off that. It would have been a different story that I would tell today. And today, here's what I want us to do is I want us to press pause for a moment. T today, I want us to, to just stop for a second and, and not let the locomotive of life pass us by any longer. And I want us all to ask the question, what story do I want to tell? Now, I know there's some, some people under the sound of my voice who maybe middle schoolers and high schoolers, maybe, um, maybe you're in college age. Let, let's just go with under 30. Like you're like, I got plenty of time, Pastor Kenneth. I, I got plenty of time because, because here, here's what I didn't realize when I was like 15, 16, 17 years old is that the choices 
I make writes the story of my life. Right, right at 35, that doesn't seem like mind-blowing, but at 15, that was, I would have never thought that, that the choices, that I'm, these micro pockets of choices that I'm making are writing the story of my life. And it would behoove us, it would be to our advantage to just take a moment, take a time out, to step back, to press pause, to just look at it for a second, ask ourselves the question, what story do I want to tell. Now, let me take some weight off right now because here's what I understand about a room this size, people that are listening on. That, that there are people who are listening to me today that you've made really bad choices, that you've made really bad decisions, that you feel like, man, maybe I'm too far gone. But can I tell you that in the economy, in God's economy, there's no such thing as too far gone. That the grace of God will catch you, find you, run you down, chase you down, and meet you in this moment. There is no such thing because the enemy will work on you the whole time I'm preaching today and be like, I've gone too far. I've made too many bad decisions. Oh my gosh, the story, I've written a bad story. Can I tell you, like Jesus, he not only wants to write new chapters, he wants to rip some of the old ones out and allow you to start over today. What story do I want to tell? I'm feeling the presence of God come up in this place today, y'all. Like, I feel like God's going to do some business up in here today. If you allow him, if you stonewall him and put it up and hold him at an arm's distance, he will not say anything to you. He will kindly oblige and move on. But if you open up to him, I promise you this, it may have the power to change your life today. You see, it's a macro question. What story do I want to tell? But there's micro decisions and choices that lead to the answer to that question. And there's so many little micro pockets, as I was mentioning earlier, that lead so the answer to that question, if you got your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. And we see some of these, these uh, macro and micro stories in the life of the guy that we're going to talk about today. His name is Joseph and his brothers. And we're going to pull out some pieces from this story in Genesis chapter 39. But the crazy piece is that Joseph is Jacob's son. Now, if you were here last week, if you missed last week, I encourage you, like I said earlier, go back and watch that. But Joseph is Jacob's son. So it'll be important to note that, that Joseph is Jacob's son. And so even the little micro decisions that Jacob made along the way have now affected some of the macro life that Joseph is living. And so we see this very fleshing out in this moment. And, and before we get to the Genesis 39 passage, I want you to, to know this because I, I could set this all up, but it would take like reading like six chapters of the Bible. We'd be here for like two and a half hours. And I know some of you, you've got a funnel cake on your mind or you've got boardwalk fries on your mind. Something's on your mind. But I want, so I want to kind of set this up, give you a little snapshot of this today because it's important to note that Joseph's brothers were annoyed by him. Joseph was, was the father's favorite. Now, if you're a parent, you know you have a favorite. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't admit it to yourself, then you should at least admit it to your kids. You know what I'm saying? Like you should tell them, I'm just kidding. Nobody has favorites. We love them all the same, right? It's just, it's all universal across. That was supposed to be a joke anyways. But Joseph's, Joseph was his father's favorite. It was obvious. He had been given this coat of many colors and, and he was annoying to his Brothers, And so we see this, this making a, a long story very short. They essentially, 
they, they find their brother out and they, they tell their father that he was, he was killed by an animal. So they take that little coat that his father had given them to signify that he was the favorite. They dip it in blood. They take it back to the father and the father is like freaking out that my, my son, the one that I love, like he's gone, he's dead. We're not gonna have any more opportunity to be together. But all the while the brothers knew this is they had sold him into slavery. They had sold him into some, to some Ishmaelites who were coming by, they were passing through. And this is where we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 39. So it's important. Don't miss this because if you miss this, you're going to miss the whole thing. Jacob is Joseph's father. Joseph's father, Joseph, excuse me, was annoyed. Uh, he annoyed his brothers. His brothers sell him into slavery. We're all there, right? You remember the, like, remember when you get to an episode of a show, it like catches you up in like 30 seconds. You're like, oh my gosh, I need to watch the whole season again. Okay. Genesis 39. Here we go. It says, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had from the time that he made himself overseer in his house and over all that he had. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. You know, I read this and I recognize a few things that somehow through the adversity that Joseph had faced, he found himself in this unlikely situation. And yes, I believe it was God's favor and probably a, a half a dozen other things, but there was, there's a reason that Joseph finds himself in this place. There's something that I wanna point out in Joseph's life. There's something that Joseph knew about the choices in his life. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, is that choices matter. Choices matter. You see, because when you're answering the question, what story do I want to tell? It's important to remember that there are a million little interconnected choices that will write that story. Now think with me just for a moment, if you're sitting next to your spouse or they're with you here today, like there's a reason, there's micro little interconnected million little pieces of your story and theirs that led you to this place. This is similar to what we find ourselves in this moment. Because let's just be honest when it comes to Joseph's life. Like Joseph would have had every reason on earth to just ball up and to sit in the corner and to have a pity party, pity party to send out the invitations and to invite everyone to come and to commiserate with him. Like Joseph in this moment would have had every decision, but he didn't do that. Why? Because he asked himself the question, I'm sure, what story do I want to tell? You got to think about this. Somewhere at the bottom of the pit that his brothers threw him in, he had to have decided Somewhere when, he, when they took him out and they saw the money change hands, when he saw money change hands for his life to be sold into slavery, he must have, must have decided. Somewhere when, he, when they, they never came back after him, because I'm sure that in Joseph's mind, he's thinking like, of course, my brothers made some bad decisions, but they're going to be back. Right? They're going to come back. Of course, they're going to make this thing right. Like they're going to they're work. They're going to realize. They're going to sleep on it. Realize, oh my gosh, we sold our brother. Like, let's go back and make this thing right. Like, but, but it didn't happen. Joseph must have decided when Joseph was sold yet again to Potiphar, he must have decided. What did he decide? He must have decided that he wanted to tell 
a different story. Let me set some of you free today. Because some of you, you've been through like the Nothing is Wasted series that we had. You've been through the Pain to Purpose workshop. Maybe you've even been through the Pain to Purpose group. And that's fantastic. But let me set some of you free today. Is that your past and the decisions and the things that have happened around you and even to you, they do not have to define you. You can allow God to use them to develop you. Now, what do you mean set you free? Here's what, because you've only seen it modeled in your life that you point back to everything that's happened around you and to you. And now you have used that as an opportunity to not move past them, but to live in them. And so your yesterdays are not just your yesterdays, but your yesterdays are your todays and they will forever be your tomorrows until you realize that you have power in your hands through the power of God to do something about them. Your choices literally matter. I understand, I understand this is heavy and I would never, listen to me today, church, listen to me very clearly today. I would never discount what has happened to you. That is not what I'm doing. I would not cheapen the pain that you have felt. I'm not trying to take anything away from you, but I'm telling you, if someone took something away from you, don't allow them to take another day away from you. Say, you know what? I'm redeeming that back to God because I'm going to tell a different story. Choices matter in your life. Come on. I think we should celebrate that today. I think we, <clears throat> let me share a few examples with you because, because I could say it more simply and I'm going I'm to show you on the screen, but this is going to seem rough, but it's not meant to be. I want you to hear my heart behind what I'm going to say is that your story is either a crutch or a testimony. Allow that to, to, to go in, to sink in. But here's the, the part that you need to understand is that you get to choose. That your story, it's either a crutch that you walk on for the rest of your life or it's a testimony of God's faithfulness of how he brought you through. Because if you're not dead, God's not done. Let me say that again. If you're not dead... God's not done. If you're still in the fight, if you're still sucking oxygen today, God's not done with you yet. And so you have the opportunity to put the crutch at the feet of the altar and say, listen, I'm trading in my crutch for a testimony because God, I believe that my choice matters. The story that I want to tell is so much different. I could just preach this and that would be awesome. Or I could tell you about a nine-year-old kid who lost his mom to cancer. I, I could tell you about this nine-year-old kid who, who wrestled through and has found himself in a place where now he had a, he had a, a, a decision to make. Was, was he going to say, you know what, God, I, I want nothing to do with you. God, I, I, this is, this is the, the crutch of my life. Or, or will he allow this to become a testimony? His name is Colin and he's a resident here at United Church. I, I could just tell you about Colin and that would be enough. Or I could fast forward and I could tell you about somebody whose home was broken into and his wife was murdered, but not just his wife, but his unborn child. And it would be easy for this church planter in Indianapolis, Indiana to say, you know what, God, I've given you everything in my life. I moved my family from South Carolina to Indiana. God, I, I, don't, I don't understand. God, you can have all of it. Or he could say, you know what, I want to write a different story. And his name is Davey Blackburn. And he's a teaching pastor here at United Church. I could stop there, and, but I 
won't. I got to tell you one more story. There's a little girl who was left with her alcoholic father. Her mom abandoned her, walked away. She was then, her dad would parade women in and sleep with them in front of her face. She was then allowed to be able to be raised, adopted by her aunt and uncle. And she had a choice to make. Will I allow this to be a crutch or will I allow this to be a testimony? She chose for it to be the testimony of her life. Her name is Sherry. She is my wife. You have a decision to make today. Your choices matter. Your story is either a crutch or testimony. You get to choose. Is this helping today? I know, listen, I, I, know, I know it's heavy. I know it's a lot, but here's what I, I, I need you to take back the story. I need you to say, God, I'm, I'm redeeming this story. I'm trading the crutch for the testimony because I believe that you have great things in store for me. Check out this continues in verse number six. It says, so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge and because of him, he had no concern about anything. He's talking about Potiphar, but the food that he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Go ahead, Joseph. <laughs> Verse seven, it says, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. I bring my son, Jace, up on stage with me during run through when we, before people come in and we walk through everything and He's reading my slides and he gets to verse seven. He says, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. And I'm like, oh gosh, (laughs) this got got real, not G-rated. But now would have been a great time for Joseph to ask himself the question, what story do I want to tell? I think you and I could um, agree that this was some strong emotional Bait. Lie with me. Think, think, I want to think through this in your life. Most of mine and your worst decisions are fueled by something or someone with strong emotional appeal. Not rational, emotional. It will never be a rational thing that derails you, but it will likely be an emotional thing that derails you. You will never be able to make sense of the thing, whatever the thing is, but there's a strong emotional bait. Andy Stanley said it like this. He said, when confronted with anything or anybody that has strong emotional appeal, press pause not play. Strong emotional appeal should trigger a red flag, not a green light. I think that this slide alone could save your life right here. This slide alone could save you from making some destructive, from going any further, but he doesn't stop there. He says, when something is emotional, emotionally appealing, instead of leaning in, we should step back. Not because he's not the one he may B, let me encourage you with this. If you're married, she's not the one. You're already married to the one. If you're already married, he's not the one. You already have. Listen, the greatest lie the enemy will tell you when it comes to marriage is that you married the wrong person. And he will use that to manipulate that maybe she's the right person. Maybe he's the right person. Know that when you're in covenant relationship, that is your person. 
And I know this is heavy. I know this is a lot, but I'm trying. It would be easier if I was with her. It would be easier if I was with him. I'm telling you, the road you're going to have to go down to get to him or to her is going to be a lot harder than figuring it out with your bride or with your husband. Tracking? Y'all ain't heard me preach like this. Y'all are like, dang. Go ahead. Go ahead. Not because he's not the one he may be. Not because it's not a good investment. It may be. Not because it's not the perfect job. It may be. We should step back because anything with strong emotional appeal, even the right thing, clouds our judgment. So pause. Get your bearings. Go home and think about it. Call a friend. Consider your story. There is only one time where I have violated this go home and think about it. And I'm not saying I regret the decision, but it was a rain soft water system. <laughs> if I would have just stepped back, oh God. But, but seriously, we, we joke about it, but, but what if Joseph would have taken the bait? Like, what if? Now, I want you to play the what if game in your life. Just in the midst of this strong emotional bait, I want you to play the what if game in your life. Just, just flesh this out. Like, what if you keep talking to him? What if? What if you keep texting her? What if you, you left your wife? What, what if you left your husband? What if... You quit that job. What if you took that shortcut? What if you lied to your boss? What if you keep drinking like that? What if? Because I'm telling you, there's gonna be some strong emotional bait where you're like, this feels good. It looks good. It might even like this. I think this is what I should do. Can I encourage you today as your pastor to hit the timeout, to pause, take a step back and say, what if? What story do I want to tell that I fought for it or that I walked away that I gave in or I stood strong and listen, I'm not trying to shame anybody that you feel like you've gone too far or made some of these decisions. I'm trying to keep the rest of us who haven't from making the same decision and keeping them from feeling the way that maybe you feel right now. But here's what I wanna encourage you with today is Romans chapter eight, verse one says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the enemy will try to bring these things back into your mind of these decisions and the choices that you've already asked for forgiveness for. But can I encourage you that if you're in Christ, you may remember them, but God doesn't. <laughs> the God's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like I'm, I, I got the windshield, not the rear view. How many know the windshield's bigger than the rear view because he wants you to focus on what's ahead? Sorry, I've just heard that preached so many times. It makes me want to throw up. Like, but it's true. It is. If y'all ever hear me say that or another pastor say that, just give them grace and be like, oh, that's good, pastor. Act like you're writing it down and just keep moving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, it all depends on what story you want to tell. All of it, life, every decision, every choice, what story do you want to tell? Verse number eight, he continues. He says, but he refused. He said, she said, lie with me. He refused. Go ahead, Joseph, do your thing. And said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. 
He's not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this to this great wickedness and sin against God? Now she spoke to Joseph day after day. He would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. Check out verse 11. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, check it out. And none of the men of the house was there in the house. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. So he was in the house. I saw this as I was studying this. I've never, I haven't done a lot of research on this. Like, so just, just Joseph kept himself from the act of evil, but he didn't keep himself from the appearance of evil. Go with me. Remember David? David, Bathsheba, not the great choice, right? But David was supposed to be off at war. David is in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'm not putting this on Joseph. I'm just saying, I'm reading this, that sometimes we have to be careful that we not only keep ourselves from the actions of evil, but also from the appearance of evil. Is that land? And I know it's like, oh, but that's legalistic. No, 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 that's smart. Pastor, you're just drawing lines that don't need to be drawn. And I'm telling you, can a man carry fire next to his chest and not be burned? That's what Solomon says. And I'll answer that question for you because he does not answer it. He says, the answer is no. You cannot carry fire next to your chest and not be burned. So if you're an addict, you can't keep things near you or even go into those places. That's for somebody but lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. He did the right thing. I'm just saying that he was, if there would have been another witness there, he'd be like, ah, he didn't do it. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called out to the men of the household and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried out. She's a schemer. We talked about a schemer last week. This is schemer number two. He left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. And then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. She told him the same lie, it's the same story, saying the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us, came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and he fled out of the house. Like y'all, this is the worst. Joseph, this is the, Joseph does all the right things, but he still gets caught up in this woman who was scheming. Like he stayed away again from the evil, the act of evil, but is still a victim maybe of the appearance of evil. And I don't know how to even preach this because it's true, but you can do all the right things. You've experienced this. You can do all the right things, make all the right choices, and somehow you still feel like you get the short end of the stick. Oh yeah, preach! Where, where's the bucket? I'm gonna I'm preach. You can do all the right things. You can make all the right choices, but it just seems like sometimes the glass is still half full and I've got questions, God. 
And it would have been perfectly fine to have those same questions if you're Joseph. Verse 19, it says, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. Of course it was. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Verse 21, watch the shift, how fast this happens. But the Lord was with Joseph, can I encourage you today? Maybe you continue to make the right decisions and you don't see things play out. Can I tell you the Lord is with you? He has never left you. He has never forsaken you. You are not by yourself. The Lord is with you. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. You know, I got some friends who work in the Department of Corrections and they do some, some things, but they never put the prisoners in charge of the prisoners. Joseph, he got some favor. My man's got some favor. He says, whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. And the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. The second time I see something about Joseph's choices was it wasn't just things that were happening to him. It was a mindset that he understood is that choices compound. Choices Compound. And yes, I did not miss this section. I understand completely that Joseph was put in prison for something that he didn't do. But I can tell you this, I'd rather be put in prison with a clean conscience than have a dirty one and be out. The choices that you and I make not only matter, but they compound. And Joseph continued to make the right choice regardless of the circumstance. And God walked with him step by step. It matters. It matters so much the posture that you take when you're in these tough spots because the choices that you and I make write the story of our lives. And when you ask the question, what story do I want to tell? You already know the answer. You know the path that you should take when you ask that question, what story do I want to tell? Because here's what I know about you, that you have a deep desire deep down in who you are. It's the reason that you showed up at United today in, in Milford and in Dover. And then you're, maybe if you're watching on the beach, I'm a little bit jealous of you watching on the beach. I'm not gonna lie to you, but there's a reason that you showed it because you're, there's something inside of you. There's something that is growing inside of you saying, you know, I, I understand the story. I want the story to be better. I want the story to be different. I saw it modeled from a generation in front of me that it wasn't a great story that was written, but I want this story to be different. And so Joseph, he's in prison. And God is, is still with him. Joseph gets called in to interpret one of Pharaoh's dreams. There's a whole, like, I'm kind of encapsulating again a, a huge stretch of time. But, but Joseph, while he's in prison, there's a couple guys that tell him a, a dream that they had. And he interprets both of them. And they both become, they both come to pass. And, and, uh, and, then, and then Pharaoh has, has a dream. And he's like, man, I need somebody to interpret this dream. And he, so he goes and gets all the magicians and the tarot card readers and the palm readers. And let me just say, by the way, if you're on vacation this summer and somebody wants to read your palm, just tell them, hey, thank you so much. I've got Jesus. I don't need your palm readings. Come on, somebody. You want like, I don't need your cards. I, I got Jesus, right? I've got all the prophecy that I need, which by the way, anyways, that's a whole nother, that's a different, different for a different day. Okay. Joseph, he's interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. And Pharaoh, I could, I could spend a whole Sunday on that. Like, don't, don't get, don't, don't waste your money. Come on, somebody. Hashtag, don't waste your money. Anyways, but Pharaoh has shared these dreams with Joseph and Joseph is interpreting these dreams. 
And Joseph, he, he comes out, he says, listen, I, I've, I gotta tell you, he said, there's gonna be seven years of feasts, things are gonna be up and to the right, and there's gonna be seven years of famine. There's gonna be seven years where it's not good. It's really good right now, it's not gonna be good. And Joseph is looking in on this thing, and, and Pharaoh is really pleased because he not only tells him the interpretation of these dreams, but he gives him a little bit of forecast and strategy on how to walk through this. And so we see that, 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 um, that God is now shining upon Joseph as he's interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. And so we we get to Genesis chapter 41, and I want you to see this in verse 38. It says, and Pharaoh said to his servants, speaking of Joseph, he says, can we find a man like this? And whom is the spirit of God? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. He says, you shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. There's something I want you to see because at any point during this 10 plus years, scholars believe that over 10 years, Joseph was wrongly imprisoned. Yo, I'm 10 minutes wrongly imprisoned, I'm tearing the place down. I'm gonna be in solitary confinement because I'm flipping tables. I'm, I'm, I've watched enough prison movies to know how to get the center block out, come on. Like Shawshank Redemption, I'm, I'm chiseling my way. I don't care if it takes me 10 years. But not Joseph, why? Because Joseph understood that he had a decision to make. What story did I wanna tell, why? Because choices last. Like Joseph knew in this moment that he could have tried to short and cut and, and sabotage all these different things. But he knew that the choices that he would make would last his entire life. So you fast forward even from this point, Joseph is, Joseph's now, he's, He's second in charge, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's big dog. Pharaoh's the big dog, he's the, he's the president, he's, he's, he's the big dog, he's, 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 the side. he's just with, with Pharaoh right now. Joseph, he's leading in second place and we, we fast forward to this last passage I'm gonna show you in just a moment in Genesis 50, but Joseph would be reunited with all his brothers and the reason that we know Joseph is a much better man than I am, probably much better bed than most of us, is he doesn't kill his brothers. He is second in charge, he lets them live. Joseph would be reunited with his father who thought he was dead for over 15 years. Joseph had one more choice to make in regards to his brothers. I love this in Genesis chapter 50. So when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. And so they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. They were putting words in the mouth of a dead man. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. You know, I don't know this to be true, but I don't think that Joseph wept 
because he actually thought his father said this. I think Joseph wept because he's thinking to himself, hey brothers, do you not think that by now I would have killed you if I was going to kill you? Have you not seen the, the story of my life? Have you not seen the totality of who I am? Like, yeah, I know I, I, I may, maybe there was some stuff in childhood I wasn't proud about. It was some stuff maybe in my, my high school years or college years, put this in the terms for you. Maybe there was that first marriage that maybe you're not, you're not proud of, you don't even want to talk about. Like, but, but haven't you seen what's happening in my life now? Like, I, I'm just sad. I'm just sad because I'm writing a better story. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, do not fear. For am I in the place of God? One of my favorite verses of all the Bible, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. And thus he comforted them, spoke kindly to them. So Joseph remained in Egypt. He and his father's house, Joseph lived 110 years and Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. Pastor Keith, why would you leave this, this part of the passage in there about the, the third generation? Why, why would you leave that in there? Because it's the last thing I want you to see about choices is that choices ripple. Church, listen, we're almost done. Listen to me today. I know this is tough. I know this is heavy. I know this is a lot. But what I want you to do is today is I want you to Think to yourself, I want you to answer this question. What story do I want to tell? Not, not, maybe not about the life that you've lived to this point, but today from this point forward, what story do I want to tell? Because your choices ripple. That in generations to come, they will speak of your story. That some of you, you already have children and your children will have children and your children's children will have children. And one day they will be able to look back and be able to look at the merit of your life and say, listen, hey, maybe there's some chapters like we already said that God wants to take out. He wants to help you start over. But today, what if you decided, hey, I want the story of my life to speak so highly of who Jesus is, of how he's changed my life, of the purity that I've kept, of that I have no regrets, that I'm walking this thing out one foot in front of the other because I want to honor my God with every decision that I make. What story do I want to tell? That's the story that I want to tell. Y'all, I've got some things from, I don't even want to talk about back in high school. Y'all, sometimes I feel like that's why God called me to Delaware because Jesus talked about the prophet without honor. If I was up in North Carolina, I'd be like trying to duck people, dodge people, all this stuff, like going on around. But I'm telling you, He's ripped out the pages. He's thrown them away. He doesn't even know what I'm talking about when I just speak about it because he's writing a better story. And some of you today, I don't want you to walk out of here heavy. I, th there's no reason to walk out heavy because of choices that you've made in the past because I told you already, if you're in Christ, there's therefore now no condemnation for those of you in Christ Jesus. Like I, I want you to walk out smiling because you're like, <laughs> the enemy thinks he's gonna get me wrapped up in that again. Deuces out, not worried about that. 
I'm worried about this. I got the pen in hand. The Holy Spirit's already taken the eraser and taken it out. What story do I want to tell? I, I hope today, I hope, I know it's heavy. But I want to be that friend. I want to be that friend when there's a cliff, don't do it. You're about to make that choice, don't do it. About to go down that path, don't do it. It's not just going to affect you, it's going to affect everybody else around you, the choices that you make. They ripple. And today, um, for distraction's sake, I just want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. We are wrapping up today. But maybe today you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and you feel like, man, this sounds helpless. This sounds hopeless. And can I just tell you that if you don't know Jesus, it is helpless and it is hopeless. But with him, all things are possible. So today, maybe you listen to this and you don't have that relationship with Jesus and you're like, man, I just need to know him. I need to know him. If that's you right where you sit, would you pray a prayer like this? Would you say, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, I've made some choices that I'm not proud of. And I'm asking that you would remove those chapters of my life. Jesus, I'm asking that you would give me the strength to pick up the pen again, to write a better story. Jesus, would you help me every step of the way? I want to live for you, Jesus. I give you my life today. With every head still bowed, every eye still closed, I just wonder if today you made that decision to give your life to Jesus, step into a life of hope and a life where the Holy Spirit says he will be our helper. If that's you, would you throw your hand up and say, listen, today I made that decision. That's so good. So good. Love it. You can pull those down. Maybe today you would say, uh, Pastor Kenneth, I've made some choices and the enemy loves to remind me of them. Loves. And today, I just want to rip those pages out just as God has done. And I want to ask that the Holy Spirit would allow me to move on from those pages. If that's you, would you throw your hand up today? Say, man, I, I, just, I just need that. I need that in my life. So good, so good, so good. You can pull those down. And for those of you who just raised your hand, I want you to, I want to give you a moment of space right now. Just have a moment with God. Say, God, today, I know that you've forgiven me. God, help me to forgive myself. Help me to move past this. Help me to know that I can write a better story in the days ahead. Maybe today you would say, listen, I'm, I've got the pen in hand. I want to make the right choices. I want to write a better story. And today you would throw your hand up and say, listen, hey, I'm, I'm responding. I'm responding to this message today. I'm, I'm not just going to be passive in the choices that I make. I'm going to think through them because I know they not only matter, but they ripple. 
If that's you today, would you throw your hand up? Say, yeah, it's me. So good. Let me pray for you today and your MC will take it. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for challenging us. But God, thank you for not just leaving it a challenge, God, but you walk with us. So today, God, I ask that you would, every step of the way, you would allow us to write a better story of our life, God. And Lord, I pray for anyone who would feel heavy right now. I pray against it in the powerful name of Jesus because I know the enemy would love to work in their life and help them to walk out of here discouraged. But I pray in the powerful name of Jesus, God, that you would shut his mouth right now. You would silence his voice that my brothers and sisters would hear nothing more than the voice of God Almighty saying how much they are loved, how they're forgiven. So Jesus, we ask today, would you keep us, you walk with us, we give you all glory and praise in Jesus' name, amen.